0: Welcome to HSDF The Podcast, a collection of policy discussions on government technology and homeland security brought to you by the Homeland Security and Defense Forum. Today's program is the third in a three-part discussion with government and industry leaders on improving cyber situational awareness and cyber threats posed by China and Russia. It features Riley Montgomery from the FBI Cyber Division, Jason Kane, Office of Investigations at the U.S. Secret Service. Patrick Flynn, Advanced Programs Group at Trellix Cybersecurity, and David Aguilar, former Acting and Deputy Commissioner at Customs and Border Protection. This program was recorded in conjunction with the HSDF Policy Symposium, The Evolution of Federal Cybersecurity, on June twenty first, 2023.
1: A couple of things, I can't again, kind of identifying the environment in which we're living in and have lived very recently. In a world where as recently as 10 years ago, 12 years ago, it was about uh, having racks in data centers. I mean, some of these buildings out here in Chantilly, Aspirinare, huge places going from that to the cloud and then going to now moving from the cloud and data centers to edge computing. That to me opens up an even higher level of risk. And then you add to that the 25% target focus of large companies are going to get hit at a minimum. 60% of any small business businesses hit will close within six months after being hit by cybersecurity. And then you add on the generation of today, my my kids, my grandkids, that basically they will tap into anything and everything without thinking about some of the stuff that we're We're talking about here. We are building a generation and therefore a culture that is not really interested in cybersecurity. And we've all heard this. Culture eats strategy for breakfast. So how do we what's the best approach? Because as a cop, my background was first and foremost to deter. You don't want the crime to happen. Second, if it does, you you detect it. You do something about it. So detect, deter, identify, classify, respond, and resolve. Each one of those being a vertical in this cybersecurity space that we operate. Not sure if any one of us has the right answer to this, but which one of those verticals do you think at this point in time is the most important one for us to focus on? Not disregarding the others, but a real focus right now. I'll start with you, Yeah,
2: I'm going to stick with the awareness point point of view. Um, Addison... Avery, Aiden are my kids' names, all right? Big Instagram, yeah. Uh, Scary, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's it, you, painting the videos and stuff like that. And I and I spend a whole inordinate amount of time just trying to educate them. You know, I'm not a proponent of social media. I'm I'm in cyber. I see the way people can get hurt, and 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 it's it's very very real. But spending that rudimentary focus, making people more aware. Make, making them cyber aware helps keep people out of trouble um, it, it's a very very dangerous world there's there's a, um, like the lady earlier that asked the question of the director easterly about the exploitation of women and the abuse of women you know all that stuff occurs via the social media uh, so that's wh- that's where I proactively try to, to reinforce that you you need to
3: constantly be aware of what's out there especially when it comes to your data okay patient. I think first, I mean, I would say put me out of a job, right? Uh, and I think that on the front end is deterring uh, and, and educating on the front piece. We all know every report we read says the human element is the one that gets us in the most trouble. Uh, it just is. However, crime uh, is very similar to inflation. Uh, it keeps going up. Uh, it's not going to stop. Um, <laughs> Criminals will exploit anything they can. Um, we see that, again, if something happens. We, and very creative, by the way. Uh, some of the things like, wow, I did not know that they could do that. Uh, that's a nice hole that they, they built for them. However, I always say I was on the National Security Council for 14 months. And, you know, one of the two things that we kind of talked about in the cyber directorate was uh, private companies, private industry should not have to defend itself from nation state. You don't have the capabilities to do that um, and, or the strengths the government. Should be doing that for you. The second part of that was build security from the start. Uh, I think people are definitely moving towards that. Again, there's always going to be the uh, the item that your kids can buy off Amazon or anybody else that has no security built in. They, they plug right into the network, and then your ho- and then your your host. Um, however, security is built in from the awareness. Again, that's a, a much larger goal. It's a, it's it's more lofty. And it's expensive. Uh, but I think we're moving in that direction to say, you know, take the human element out of it to a certain degree. I think AI may help in that component. Um, but, however, that's a much larger conversation. But I'd say, I, I say at the end of the day, I won't say put me out of a job. I still need a job for at least another year or so. Uh, but you know, uh, keep me keep keep me unemployed regarding the criminal elements. But I don't think that'll ever occur. Just because, uh, and Riley may have a different opinion. But I, the crime is it, it's not stopping. It's uh, it's continually going up. But.
4: I Mm -hmm. think the the barrier to entry for a cyber criminal is incredibly low. Mm -hmm. I mean, conducting a computer intrusion is point and click at this point. So as new technology comes about, we can talk about AI potentially helping us, but it's also going to help cyber criminals. Right. And so it's a very difficult space Mm -hmm. where crime is going to continue to go up. The attack surface is going to increase with more IoT devices, um, more kids getting more devices that just aren't secure. Um, and it makes everyone open to cyber attack. Right. And so I think awareness is, I would agree is incredibly important, but it's incredibly difficult. I think, you know, your, your cybersecurity is only as good as the person who's sitting behind the keyboard. Um, we can put, you know, sensors all over the place from Trellix, from, from the U S government, from, from everybody. And if somebody clicks on that phishing link, um, if, if an insider is recruited by a cyber criminal group, um, you're done. So we need to make everyone aware as much as possible about the threats that exist, um, how to protect themselves, what things they need to be watching out for, and just frankly, what not to do.
2: I have one final comment, you, know, you saw some enormous numbers up there you know, that that this from our detections worldwide. you know we got hundreds of billions or, or not hundreds hundreds of millions of sensors out there worldwide. It's just our stuff right we're not the only cyber uh, security company out there, but tons of sensors out there, not one of them is mobile. You throw the mobility. Mm-hmm. Into that factor you want you 'll see an exponential increase in, in malicious detection, so I think on average, I think a study says every person has like six or eight mobile devices associated with their person it it 's a huge yeah. problem
1: now. The yeah. Internet of Things growth is going to expand it's that crazy. even more. So I'm going to ask one more question and then uh, and then open it up to the audience for anything you, you, you mm-hmm. might want to ask. But uh, Riley and Jason and, and then to you, Pat, also, uh, China, Russia, Iran, North Korea, major state players in the cybersecurity uh, environment, transnational criminal organizations showed up, I believe, for the first time on the DNI's report over the last two years ago, I believe. So how much of a threat is that the transnational criminal organizations? Let me begin with Jason.
3: I mean, that, that's our one of our sole focuses is large groups that kind of target infrastructure, mainly the financial sector. For us, um, we, we team up, uh, the Secret Service teams up a lot with the Bureau on, uh, they may be going after a particular ransomware actor, but our actor may be the person laundering the money. Uh, for that so digital assets is a huge focus of ours uh, when in the cryptocurrency space but we've tracked it back that a lot of these are just centralized groups. We took down a large group in, in South Africa that is very similar to set up like the mob was of, of our old days of the mob in New York. You know, everybody's got a head player. Everybody's got, you know, they call them different things. I think it's kind of comical with the names that they come up with, but uh, they, they're they the enforcers. And they begin they're, they're, they're criminal groups, the, the butchering scams, the BEC scams. Um, it's, it's all done by these very tight knit, uh, I think, uh, organized group, or at least we're able to track the money back. To a very small subset of groups. There's a lot of tentacles out there where they have a lot of people that they use. We, you know, we call them money mules, different titles that you hear throughout the country, but all that money kind of flows back the, the sectors, the funnel gets a lot smaller uh, to these transnational organized groups. The nation states, you know, will be more focused on by the Bureau. And again, we end up having a player that, you know, we've had money launders that may be laundering money for the DPRK. But we're not necessarily going after the DPRK. We're just going after the actor laundering the money. But uh, all those roads definitely lead back to a lot of those places, for sure.
4: Okay, it's hard right. to say which one is more, which is a bigger priority, right? I think that ransomware right now is is. A pretty big focus, probably the biggest focus for the FBI right now, just because of the volume of attacks that are going on. Like I said, the barrier to entry is incredibly small. So the ability to conduct a ransomware attack and get paid millions of dollars is very easy. Um, And we're getting crushed. We're just getting crushed by it. Um, And it's incredibly hard to deter that activity when we have, you know, foreign nations who are willing to turn a blind eye to that activity as long as the actors don't attack, uh, you know, companies in Russia. They're fine to let them do it. So our ability to impose risk and consequence against them is is very difficult. But what we try and do, which is similar to the Secret Service, is we try and go after the, the entities that help those actors operate, um, whether it's their finances, the infrastructure providers, those things that help them conduct their activity that we can get our hands on. Um, those are the kinds of things that we'll go after. Um, on the nation state side, I mean, China is undoubtedly the number one nation state threat. Um, I think the number is something like they have 50 to one as far as there's one of me and there's 50 of me in China. Um, so we're we're outnumbered exponentially, but it's a longer term threat, right? Like um, you've seen a lot of provocations recently with China. So it, we need to prepare ourselves for when we have some kind of cyber confrontation with china um it's not if it's when right and so um we have a lot of resources dedicated to that fight um but it's a longer game uh it's not what you see in the news of ransomware attacks happening on a daily basis um china is trying to be much quieter um and getting what they want to to give themselves a leg up um and it's a huge focus for the fbi
1: let me go ahead and ask uh, give us uh, any any questions from the audience here for for the members of this panel over here please
3: having educational forums about cybersecurity, cyber stalking, cyber crimes, things of that nature, um, how to help local law enforcement see this as a um, something to look at in the community, because you have business owners in this area. We have the federal government, the military, a lot of different places. And if they can hack a police station of mm. that size, it just it's very concerning.
4: So we have relationships with state and local law enforcement around the U.S. I think it's it's not a question of what can we do to help them. I think it's a resourcing issue. Um, When you have local departments who can't even fund enough officers to fill their force, um, they're going to have a very hard time recruiting talent that understands cyber. I think that cyber is one of the steepest learning curves as far as violations that we work. Mm -hmm. Um, And so you have to have people who know what they're doing, and that's incredibly challenging. Um, I think, you know, when you talk about the D.C. ransomware attack, we actually just recently unsealed an indictment against the guy who did that. So we, we work very closely with state and local departments to make sure they know what the threats are. And and at the same time, we have you know task forces where we bring state and local law enforcement officers into our FBI offices. They're part of the cyber squad in these FBI offices, and they can take that knowledge base and those resources back with them to their home agency. And so one of the things that's a major priority for the FBI is is creating cyber task forces like that across the FBI and all 56 field offices. Um, it's, a, it's a work in progress, but it's something that we see the value in doing and something that we're working very hard towards doing.
1: Thank you. Okay. Well, with that, let me thank the panel. Really appreciate you being here with us today.
0: Thank you for tuning in. You can follow HSDF the podcast on every major podcast platform. Visit hsdf.org to learn more about the Homeland Security and Defense Forum and HSDF the podcast.